Welcome to Money Isn't Scary, a podcast for women to explore our fears around money and inspire each other to be financially empowered. I'm Megan Dwyer, and I'm making it my personal mission to remove the taboo around money and help women rewrite their stories so they can stop staying small and begin to live life on their terms. In this show, we get real and uncomfortable as we unpack our beliefs, thoughts, and behaviors that aren't serving us anymore. I can't wait for you to join me on this journey. So let's dive in. Hi, you guys. Welcome to another episode of the Money Isn't Scary podcast. I'm your host, Megan Dwyer. Today, I'm sharing my conversation with Candice Bax Friesen, a mother of four, a realtor, entrepreneur, money coach, and speaker. I love this conversation because Candice is so incredibly knowledgeable and passionate about helping her clients. The approach that she takes to her work of not just solving the problem at hand, but getting to the root of each of the challenges that her clients face, and in particular, the root mindset issues, is very much in alignment with my approach to money and the topics that we discuss here on the podcast. She also has an extremely kind and caring nature, which makes her just a pleasure to talk with. So who is Candace? Candace Bax Friesen is a speaker, certified money coach, top performing realtor, real estate investor, and business coach from Winnipeg, Canada. She specializes in unpacking the overwhelm plaguing business owners by helping them tune back into their long-term vision, reverse engineering the steps to achieve it, and cutting away the fluff. Her insatiable desire to master money came at an early age, and at just 12 years old, she was already reading The Greats. As a mother of four and owner of multiple businesses and properties, Candace has a mission to empower couples to create legacies for themselves. And in our conversation today, we talk about how essential it is to dig under the surface and find the underlying causes of your beliefs and behaviors, and then unpacking those stories that we keep with us. The importance of having a general knowledge of money the power of getting support from different areas in your life around money, the challenges around couples and money, and so much more. You guys can check out Candice at her website, investorsmarts.ca, and on all social media platforms. She also has a Facebook group, um, so you can check her out there and on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn as well. All right, you guys. Here's my conversation with Candace Bax Friesen. Enjoy. Hi, Candace. Welcome to the Money Isn't Scary podcast. Thanks so much for being here today. Hey, thanks so much. So I'd love to have you start by telling the audience a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. So I am a real estate agent and money coach from Manitoba in Canada. And uh, I have been a real estate agent for almost 15 years and more recently for about five or six years have been doing money coaching as well and a lot of people wonder like well how does that sort of come about uh, so when I was about 12 I used to kind of I was sort of wondering how I was going to figure out this money thing and I don't know if it was like from coming from a family of entrepreneurs um, and, and they were successful, but then I would, I was like, man, how am I going to be able to make mortgage payments and all these things? And I started thinking, I guess, kind of practically about that. And so I just started reading personal finance stuff and anything I could find about money. 
And fast forward, you know, a few years back, uh, people would say, okay, Candace, you know, thanks for going through, you know, this, this real estate stuff with me. But, you know, it seems like, you know, a little bit about money. Could I ask you some other questions? And I think that's how often, you know, we find our gifts or, or our purpose in life is sometimes by what other people see in us, you know, mm-hmm. so you can be going through the motions of life and sort of just get, um, you know, in that routine, right? And so when I heard people saying this kind of time and time again, I'm like, you know, what? there's a need to help people. Uh, so that's really about, you know, the legacy work that I want to do is just to help more and more people to figure out their finances. Um, because when you can do that successfully, you, you know, you have less stress, relationship goes better, you know, really life is holistic, right? So figuring out that money piece uh, is crucial to success, I think, in life overall. I love it. Um, And I am right on the same page with you with the focus on the money piece and how that just really translates into so many other aspects of your life. And I guess one of the questions that I have for you is uh, what made you go the route of money coach versus like a CFP, for example, a certified financial planner, which is what I am, or there's so many other certifications and and directions you can go within this industry. I'm curious why you chose the money coach route. Yeah, I think that, you know, what I see often is people, they're a little bit worried about going to certain, you know, professionals, let's say, right? So uh, I don't know enough about money to go to a CFP, or I don't know enough about, or I'm struggling in my marriage, but I don't want to go to a counselor. Like that feels like I've got big issues, right? Um, So money coaching, I think, is just a little bit more casual. And it's really about, you know, that accountability to see these things through. Uh, so sometimes, um, again, people just need sort of some basic education before they seek out somebody to go buy mutual funds or stocks or, or that sort of thing. So, um, so it's really um, money coaching, I feel, is really a starting place or a place where, okay, I've got the basics figured out. Now I need to decide what to do next. So I don't sell any products. Um, I don't help people invest. It's really about just a neutral ground where people can kind of figure some stuff out and then move forward in whichever way they want to go. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of the mindset work comes in, right? You hear the term money mindset coach or, you know, money coach. And I think this is a good first step. I always say that in your people aren't able to fully appreciate the work that, you know, the plan, the, the in-depth planning work that I you know, my team do for clients in my day job until you actually do that personal introspective work mm-hmm. on your relationship with money. So is that something that you start to approach with your clients? And I'm curious how you do that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we really start at, you know, kind of figuring out some of the basics or putting out the fires first, you know, so if it's like, I'm scrambling here. I, I, I don't know how I'm going to pay rent next month. You know, we have to deal with the fires first. And then once, you know, we've kind of settled that, then it's really looking at, yeah, you know, where you start the earliest in life, you know, you're picking up money, um, information about money or, you know, the thoughts and emotions, especially from family, um, you pick that up early in life, right? So if, if your family has always struggled, you know, sometimes people say, 
well, my mom, you know, my parents declare bankruptcy a few times, you know, my, my sister's struggling, my brother's struggling, you know, it's, it's, it's in our family, you know? Um, so some of those things, they start really early in life and we don't really realize or recognize where that comes from. You know, if your parents went to food banks as a kid, uh, that's going to have an impact on you now, even if you're doing well financially, uh, you will have felt that money stress or you'll have felt that stress about food or, or any of those things. So, Absolutely. Yep. yeah, and it can be the opposite too. You could have a highly successful family uh, financially and you feel like you're the failure in the family, right? There's so much emotion around money. Yes. Yeah. And is that stuff that you help work through with your clients or, and because there's yeah. a psychological piece to this too, right? I mean, there's a component yeah. that I, and this is something that I love about this work that you know, money and mindset work is that there's a therapeutic component to it. So is, do you yeah. find that you are playing a slight therapist role as well for your clients? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, sometimes couples, for example, they don't know how to communicate yeah. about things, but they're, they're, you need sometimes that middle person to help sort of facilitate conversation, right? So um, somebody might say, well, you always say we have no money. So I don't know if we have money or not. Right. And then the other person who's kind of in charge of the money is like, well, yeah, I just mean like, you know, we don't want to go spend money on that this week. Right. So there's a difference between I don't want to spend money on this and we really have zero money. Right. So, right. but if there's no conversation, you don't know what to do and you know, you feel lost. Right. So there's that, that struggle of mainly, you know, communication, it all seems to boil back to that. Yeah, Absolutely. And I definitely want to get into the money and couples stuff in a, in a few minutes, but first, I guess I would love to hear more about your process, like how specifically you work with clients when they come to you, how do you get that information out of them? Because they might think that they're coming in for specific advice on a, or guidance on, a, on one specific thing. And as you know, and I know, and you know, anybody in this industry it's all intertwined, right? You know, you might have one issue around taxes or something like that, or, you know, some, some particular issue, but that affects something else and that affects something else. And it's, it's all intertwined, right? Yeah. So I'm curious, I guess, how, you know, if the client thinks they're coming in for something and then ends up getting something else, how you work with them in that and what does your process actually look like? Yeah. I think that it just comes up naturally, you know, when you start asking questions and you dig through the why, right. Yeah. Or, you know, what are your values, right? So it's yeah. talking about some of those things where suddenly these different questions or struggles just come up. So, um, yeah. And, and really encouraging both people, if it is a couple to speak about their struggle, uh, because different people have different struggles, but even as an individual, you know, it's, it's again, okay, well, yeah, I'm concerned about the family cottage. Okay. What does that look like? And then it goes into, well, you know, my, my sibling and I, we, we've always fought and, you know, so again, it's the, these emotions, it's what's happened in the past. That is really more of the concern usually than the actual dollars and cents. And there's a lot of deeply embedded beliefs too right? Stories that people have been telling themselves for years and years that they don't realize are even stories because they now see them as fact. Right. And, reality. and so they're bringing that up when 
they're saying the, you know, they, they're making these comments or they're saying these things to you. And I think the, it's, it's being able to take a step back and have an approach of, all right, let's kind of dissect what this is. Is this reality? Is this fact? Or is this belief? Is this something that you've just, you know, it's challenging those, yeah. those stories and thoughts that we've been telling yeah. ourselves for years. hundred percent. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes the problem is in an area that you don't expect. The client yeah. doesn't expect, right? So, okay, I've got a problem with over shopping. Okay. So where is that coming from? And it ends up being, okay, well, I, I hate my boss. I'm struggling at work. So I overcompensate by buying clothes because that makes me feel better. Or it could be insecurity or worth, right? You know, or boredom. There's so many things that come with just spending, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's trying to uncover like what's the real reason behind these different issues. Um, And once you can have that, that realization, then it's working on, okay, so with your strengths, again, everybody's different. So what, what boundaries do we create around some of the struggles that you have to make sure that they're not ongoing? So I compare it to, you know, working out and eating. Those are sort of easier ones to compare this to. But um, if I, if I have struggles with working out, then, but I'm really good at cleaning my house. Well, maybe I make a boundary uh, and a rule for myself. Uh, You have to work out before you clean your house, right? It's, it's those kinds of things. Or, if I want to eat healthy, well, my boundary now is I'm not even bringing food into the house that's not healthy. Uh, so we have to create these types of things around spending too. Uh, so every, every couple's different and every individual's different. And we work with uh, their strengths and creating the boundaries that work for them. Yeah. Yeah. It makes total sense. I think in practically is very different, you know, when, when they're, the, if you have a couple, right. And they're, they're living their life and when they're doing their thing, that's harder sometimes because you're in it versus taking a step back and seeing that a very more like rational perspective. And I think having somebody like a third part, third neutral party, right. Like yourself to be able to, to help the people when they're in it and they're, you know, they're each falling back into their own patterns and their own stories mm-hmm. and their own beliefs to be able to help kind of pull them out of that. Just like a therapist would in a, in a couple situation is really helpful. Yeah. And so I think sometimes in life we want that, that quick fix or we want that, okay, well, what are your three steps and we can just get yes. through this, yeah. but it really just doesn't happen that way in life. Um, because and I think anybody who says, oh, well, just do these three things and you find success. Um, it just, it's not, again, it's that quick fix. that just doesn't work. Right. So yeah. whenever you're looking at, okay, what's going to work for me, it's really uncovering and digging and finding out what needs to, you know, be worked on or improved for that individual person. Yeah. And that's the uncomfortable stuff. I mean, you yeah. know, the it's, I think it's a very cultural thing to find, to always find like the you know, the three quick steps, like the sexy solution, right. To something. And because that's easy, right. It's easy for us to follow three different rules. It's so much harder for us to like dig underneath the surface Mm -hmm. and really start to uncover some of these very probably uncomfortable feelings and things that have come up from our childhood or from, you know, maybe even traumas that have happened or something like that, that caused you to think and feel and act a certain way. 
Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And, and we can see that I can see that in my own life. I know different things that have happened throughout my life that have affected me financially as well. Right. I think all of us in listening to this podcast, if you really know yourself, you, you know what some of these things are. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that, that's exactly it. It's, I think it's having the first step is really having that self-awareness to get uncomfortable and know kind of what are your triggers and what are the, what are the reasons that you've acted in a certain way before, or what are the, what are those reasons that you're telling yourself these stories kind of thing? Yeah. I'm curious, what are some of the more, you know, when you look over all of the people that you've worked with and all the clients that you have, what are some of the more common, I guess, issues or concerns that you see from like a money mindset perspective? Like, is it scarcity? Is it um, fear in, uh, of you know, one particular area? I, what, what do you see as um, some of the more common areas that people struggle with? Yeah, I think uh, number one with mindset is like, well, this is just how I am. And again, that goes back to any time you want to make changes. Yeah, uh, yeah. If I want to lose weight, then I could say, well, I haven't done it for the last 15 years. So this is just how I am. Or this is, I just have to accept this, right? Like so limiting, again, we tell ourselves these things. Yeah. Yeah. It, like the limiting beliefs yeah. again, that come into play. Yeah. Yeah. And another one I think is just uh, fear is the biggest one. Uh, a lot of times like fear around investing, like, well, I don't want to make the wrong decision. So I'm going to make no decision. Uh, I think that's another, another yeah. big one. Yeah. yeah. It's like paralyzing. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's also what comes up for me here is that whole black and white thing. Like, well, if I don't do, there's either right or there's wrong. Mm -hmm. And if I don't do it right, then, or what I deem as right. Yeah. I'm using air quotes here. What I deem as right, then I must be wrong. So it's either, there's either one, there's one response or there's another, there's no gray area in the middle. Right. Yeah. Um, it's not like, you know, I hit the home run with getting this investment and I get, and I, but there's so much that goes into that too. I mean, there's like so many, you know, it, so much about the markets and the education that needs to go into a decision like that. But a yeah. lot of people, I think, don't see it that way. They don't uh-huh. see, you know, the diversify, the diversification aspect of it. They just, you know, want kind of that quick fix, right? I'm just thinking about yeah. investing in particular. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's no, it's, it's, it, it, I think a lot of people see that as, as so, you know, this way or so that way. And there's no yeah. room for gray area in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, you know, now Bitcoin has come up. So, well, wait a minute. I don't want to make any decisions because I got to think through this Bitcoin thing. But it's like, well, you can invest in something else in the meantime and you can make changes, right? But again, I think people want to like find the perfect investment and then set it and forget it. But it's just not like that. To continue to look over your statements, you got to, you know, so again, I ask people, what are you invested in? Well... I, I know I'm invested with someone, but I don't know anything about my investments. That's another common one. Oh, I just, can we take a side note like on that, like a detour, because that drives me crazy I mean, <laughs> to say, I know I'm invested with someone, but to not actually have the understanding. And this is a, a pet peeve yeah. I have with the industry in general of the lack of transparency, I guess, of what's underlying all of this stuff, but yeah. also just people's lack of, of, I guess, interest 
in their or and I and it almost comes down to intention, but with their own their own wealth, their own their yeah. own stuff that they've earned, right? And putting trust into somebody else who you may or not may or may not even know. And I think about that all the time. It's like, oh, I'm just working yeah. with this this advisor, this guy, because my parents have always worked with them, or it's a family right. guy. And it's just like, but do you really know this person? Do you really actually trust this person? Yeah. And what what are you actually educated around what underlying components of the investment strategy there is right yeah 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 and so if people can like take some time again to to read some books and just a little bit of general knowledge you're ready light years ahead right so it doesn't mean that we have to fully understand like a cfp or investments right we can rely on on you know professionals but you know, when my kids leave my house, I want them to know basics about plumbing, basics yeah. about electrical, right? So yeah. they don't have to be the electrician, but right. if they can understand the basics of how these things work, they hopefully won't be taken advantage of. And, you know, they know a little bit about everything. I think that's important in life. You know, these, these very practical things like money's everywhere. We got to know the basics. Yeah. And I think that that again is, you know, goes back to one of my, um, huge motivations for doing the podcast in the first place is kind of the the frustration that I have around people who default to taking the back seat when it comes to finances because they believe that their brain isn't capable or they or they believe that's not that's not something that interests them. Well plumbing isn't something that interests me either, but maybe you know I it would come in handy some days when something happens in my house and we can't get a hold of our blower, right? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I get that. And I think that when it comes to money, it's very different because money is so all encompassing and it's in our lives every single day, we can't avoid it. So I think having some general knowledge is, is so important mm-hmm. from an empowerment perspective. Yeah. And, and, you know, anything in life, what you pay attention to, and like you said, how intentional you are, is typically what will give you success, right? So, you know, it doesn't take a lot of effort, but it takes that consistent little bits of effort. So maybe you put on your calendar every February, you review your life insurance to make sure it's okay. Maybe you, uh, every three years you review your will, right? So it doesn't mean that you have to be, you know, thinking about this all, all the time, but the years fly by, right? So if you don't pay attention to it, next thing you know, it's been 10 years and it's like, whoa, where am I at? And then you look and you're like, oh my goodness, I should have, why didn't I look at this stuff more often? Because now I'm in um, investments that aren't doing well, right? So again, it, it, it sometimes it feels like this task, but you just have to, you just have to do it, right? It's just one of those things we have to do. It's like an oil change. I don't want to go change the oil on my car. I got to do it. It has to get done. Yeah. Or even just, you know, having the vulnerability to, to know, to ask questions, right. To know what you want to know more about Mm -hmm. and to, you don't have to necessarily go start looking up all the rules around Roth IRAs, but that's cool if you're interested, but to also say, Hey, I might know somebody who's in this world. Let me see Mm -hmm. if I can, you know, let me just go pick that person's brain, just ask a couple of questions, right? And I think a lot of people, because of their own stories, again, back to the stories and their own, you know, maybe personal judgment are afraid to do that because they don't want somebody else to know that they don't know. Right. Right. 
or so they think other people must be doing better than me. Yes. So I don't want to admit that I'm not doing well in life. That's a big thing that um, a lot of people I find are very close to the vest when it comes to their own financial situation. And I think that has to do with a lot of, again, culture, right? We didn't necessarily grow up in a world that people just started talking about their net worths and what they make and all that stuff, but it's a very private thing. And, um, And I think it would do us good as women to share that information more. I think there's to that point, you know, that people maybe think that they're not doing as well as somebody else, but you don't know until you share, you have no idea. And um, there's a, there's a huge vulnerability component to that. That Mm -hmm. is scary. And again, and I, but I think that the fear there is judgment and, Mm -hmm. um, and that's what needs to be worked through. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm part of lots of financial groups on Facebook and time and time again, people are like, okay, I want to share that we've paid off all this debt because I can't tell anybody else. Yeah. Can't tell family because they'll be jealous. Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird. It's messed up when you think about it. Right. I mean, we should all be proud of it, but you're right. And, And women in particular, we tend to suppress a lot of things, hold a, hold a lot of stuff back you know, in terms, especially in terms of promoting ourselves or, or being proud of ourselves because we don't want to put somebody else in a situation where they might feel bad about themselves, which is just such a shame. It just, that feels sad to me. And I do it myself, believe me all the time. And I, and, and I, when you actually think about how crazy the concept is, it's incredible. Yeah. And I think that's why it's just important to have, again, somebody to talk to. Right. So, yeah whether it's a money coach, whether it's a mentor, whether it's a women's finance group that you create, you know, it can be anything, but so often we look for our main supporters to be family and friends and they're in those roles as family and friends. They, they don't have to be your financial cheerleader. (laughs) So if you're looking for that kind of support, find people who are in the same boat as you, Um, you know, some of your biggest supporters are maybe people that you haven't met yet. Right. So if you're starting a business, it's the same thing, like find people who are in that world where they're also starting businesses or somebody who's, you know, two steps ahead of you that can guide you. Um, But we put, we don't want, and and I don't think it's fair to put some of these hats on, on our closest family and friends either. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that is a, a very broad statement for not just money for everything in life. I think a lot of times we rely on people who have been in because they know us, they supposedly, again, using air quotes, know us the best because they've known us the longest, but not necessarily. And I think sometimes we might put unnecessary expectations on those people and vice versa. They might put those unnecessary expectations on us to be supported in certain ways that we may not know how to. Yeah, you may not know that that's what they're, they may not have even communicated that that's what they're looking, looking for us for. Yeah. 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 And if, you know, my brother's starting a business and I'm struggling in my marriage, well, maybe he's really excited. And I'm like, I just can't be excited right now because I'm in my own struggles, but maybe I can't tell him that. Right. So again, people have all these things they're dealing with. And so again, they just not might not be in the place to be that supportive person. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought about it in that way related to money, but you're absolutely right. I think that there's, you kind of have to think about 
the roles that people play in our lives. And if we're not, if we don't, if we're not comfortable or we're not getting the support that we need from certain people when it comes to money in particular, and that's what, because that's what we're talking about now, then that's a good reason to find other people. There's, and and to your point, you know, I, I belong to a number of women's finance groups as well. And there's a lot of people there who are in a place to be supportive because they're going through the same stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I'd love to switch gears um, and talk more about couples and money. And this is something that has been, it's a very loaded topic and it's something that I have been wanting to talk about on the show for a while. And I've avoided it because again, (laughs) I think that it's, you got to work on your own stuff first, but I think it's important to bring up. And this is a really good way to kind of start doing that as I you know, look into the next year. But yeah. I'd love to have you just kind of start talking a little bit more about how you work with couples, what that kind of engagement looks like, because I know it's not always easy. Yeah. And I guess if you could maybe start to address some of the conflicting issues that might come up. Um, I just, you know, love to hear more about it and how you handle it. Yeah. So I think number one, uh, my advice would be if you are getting married and you have not uh, committed to talking to a, a financial coach or somebody about finances, and again, really had the conversation about money and, and what the plan is, please start there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because Again, I think that we're so much, we're still wrapped up in this, this fairy tale, um, I think, especially as women, um, that, that this will all just kind of work out. Let's just yeah. have our big fancy wedding and the rest will just be, you know, happily ever after. Oh, um, yes. But we need to have those conversations early. And is it like a great se- sexy topic, you know, as you're getting married? No, no. But again, we need to have these conversations. It's crucial. Yeah. So as we were just talking about one person coming from, you know, their mindset coming from a, wherever they grew up with and their beliefs, you have another person who now has what they grew up with and their beliefs. And usually people are opposite and that's why they attract. And so you have one person that's maybe strong with money, one that's not as strong or one that loves to spend, one that doesn't, one that wants to start businesses and take risks, the other one that's super conservative and scared. So you got this mixture that now happens and you got to figure out what this is going to look like. Uh, and then you throw kids into the mix and what you're going to teach your kids. And that yeah. you know, is just going to be a, a big, uh, a big mess often. So yeah, this is my life right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that that that's the number one thing. If you can, if you haven't got married or if you have kids who are going to be getting married soon or kids that are dating, uh, you know, that's a great wedding gift is to buy somebody some financial coaching. <laughs> I <may> not think <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so it used to be that, you know, uh, churches or pastors would often do this for people, but not everybody is is going that route. Or, you know, they, they get married elsewhere and don't have a church wedding like they did maybe 30 years ago, right? So so some of these things are, are not automatically addressed through that route. So again, who's having the conversations with couples? It's probably not the parents again. 
uh, no so they, they just aren't happening, right? So, yeah. so that's the number one thing. Um, but you know, if you're if you're already in a relationship now, it's it's again working through where you're at and where you want to go. And where do you start? Right? Do you do you have a couple in front of you? Do you do you start by having them each kind of address their own separate concerns or do you maybe take you start by taking like one issue that's happened like one argument or something that they've had around money something that's caused tension around Mm -hmm. money and have them kind of each describe it and come at it from a different angle is that kind of how you operate yeah and again it really depends on the couple right so some people believe that you should you're married or you're in a relationship. So you should have joint accounts. The next person's like, definitely not. What's the right answer? Whatever works for that couple, there is no right answer. Uh, So again, that's where, you know, if one person has one belief on that, that simple um, example, then, then the other person thinks the opposite. Well, you have to at some point come to a conclusion and realize that it's not I have to be right or I'm right it's what works for us so again you know so often we come at it as well this is what I believe or this is what I've been taught you know we have to save this way we have to bank together we have to we have to we have to but it's really figuring out what works for both of you and within that knowing again that each person has strengths and weaknesses and often what your strength can be can also be your weakness so when you're very aggressive with starting businesses or growing businesses and your spouse is very, no, we need to save, we got to be careful. Those are both strengths, but to each other, they can feel like opposing and you're not listening to me. Like we can't save right now. We have to invest. We got to push forward. We got to get to that next level of sales. Um, so recognizing that my strength is also my weakness and your strength is also can be your weakness, right? And that again, it's not me versus you. We're both right in different ways. Right. And I see that, I just think of my own life, right? And, you know, I'm the one that is, I'm the financial planner in the family, right? So I'm, my brain is money oriented and that is a strength. That's great. That's how, that's what I do every day, right? But my husband doesn't operate that way. And I think the more that I kind of, talk about money, the more that I'm like, and I'm regimented about, you know, budget or something like that. Like we can only spend this much or the more that I kind of put rules and boundaries and things like that around it, the more that backfires. Right. And so I think that there's some kind of to exactly to your point, there are strengths and weaknesses, and there's a way to like blend the two of those so that it's not, it doesn't come off as overpowering and therefore forces the other person to, to, to push away and yeah. not want to engage at all around this stuff. Yeah, exactly. And so the person that feels very financially, you know, they have to feel safe. Maybe that person needs to know, okay, the other person gets a certain amount for spending and spend how you want, but I feel safe knowing that that's limited. Right. And the other person is going to say, I need to be spontaneous and have fun. So I need to know I've got money available to be spontaneous and fun. And I don't have to ask for money, but they also have to recognize that, that they need the other person to feel safe. And so that's the reason, right? It's, it's not, I want you to be limited in spending or feel like I'm, I'm, you know, being a mom to you or anything like that. Right. Mm -hmm. But I also like that other person needs to also feel safe 
uh, knowing that this, the spending's not getting out of hand. So I think if we look look more at the why behind it. It's not, you just are treating me like a baby. It's, oh, no, you need to feel safe and I want you to feel safe in this relationship. Yeah, and, and I think that also, that dynamic changes over time, right? Yeah. It's not always stagnant. It's not like, okay, you get married and, and these are the ground rules. This is who's handling this. This is what our situation is. Obviously things change, right? People, oh, yeah. you have, you know, you buy a house. That's a huge financial expense, right? That comes that, that you didn't have before. So there's, there's some stress involved with that. I mean, jobs change, kids, all this stuff, all these things throw you for a loop and you have to constantly be reassessing yeah. in this situation what that definition of safe is, right? And and who's how and I think, you know, for me in particular, I kind of go through these waves where sometimes I feel more comfortable than others, depending on what's going on. And I think maybe I probably put some undue pressure onto um, onto my husband to to act a certain way. And there's a control thing there. So I'm sure there's a lot of things that are uh, um, that you see around control between yeah. dynamic between relationships as well, between couples in a relationship as well. So, yeah, I mean, I think the important thing to keep in mind here is that this is an, an iterative part of your relationship. This isn't something yeah. that you just set it and forget it. And it's always going to stay the same. Things are going to be constantly be changing. So you have to constantly give this attention. Yeah. Yeah. And our, our life, like we are growing as people, as individuals, we're growing all the time. Right. And so within a relationship that alone can be difficult because you, you're always changing and you're never going to be two stagnant people. So who you were at 20 is definitely not who you are at 40. Yeah. But, you know, we can get, we can maybe be super successful in life and, you know, didn't come from any money. Now 60, retire, did really well, got $10 million in savings, and I can still feel stressed out and worried. Mm-hmm. And now it's about, oh, I got to make sure that I can maintain this money. What if we somehow lose this money, right? So that mm-hmm. sounds crazy to some people, but it doesn't matter where you're at in, in your financial life. Uh, even if you've been really successful, you can still have these money struggles. Oh yeah. I see that in my day job all the time. You see people yeah. who have plenty of money, right. From a, you're looking at a net worth balance sheet, you know, the num from the number perspective, it's, you know, amounts that you wouldn't even, it's just crazy dollar amounts. Yeah. to make. And yet those are the people that are the most afraid. Yeah. Uh, the most exactly. you know, that come to us with the most scarcity yeah, and are in our, because at this point, right. You know, they're, they've worked there. They might've worked their whole life and they have accumulated X amount. And now it's, what if something happens? What if the market drops? What if I lose it? And, um, and I think, you know, working through those fears individually and as a couple, which is a separate, a whole separate conversation, working through it individually is one thing. And then working through how you would handle that that situation as a couple is so important, but also necessary yeah. to fostering your relationship yeah. and growing as a couple. Because yeah. now you're at a different stage of life than you were when you were earning all this money and it was growing. And yeah, I think that 
a lot of people don't even know to have those conversations. They just live in fear all the time and it might come out in certain ways. Right. But it's not, it's not often addressed. Yeah. And it's, you know, we tend to not treat the people that are closest to us very well. Right. It, because you've, you've been together so long and, you know, so at that point you might be like, okay, I'm really worried about the money. And your spouse says, well, that's dumb. We got $10 million in our account. Don't be an idiot. Right. And then you just shut down. Well, then you're just like, okay, I guess I'm an idiot and I'm still stressed out. (laughs) So I really have to dealt with the problem. Nothing's changed. Yeah. Yeah. And so sometimes again, we're looking to our partner for support and it's not coming, but we don't reach out to others for support. So even if your spouse is not on the same page right now, financially, it's still important for your own well-being to, to get some help. So I think like as a couple, you can be looking to the other person for support. And if you just get shut down and, and you shouldn't be worrying about this, we have lots of money, don't be an idiot. Then you feel like, well, then I guess I am an idiot and you're still stressed out about the money piece, right? So no matter if you have a lot of money or, or not very much, um, if your spouse is not supportive right now, it's still important to get started on, on that money uh, journey and talking to somebody about your, about your finances. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's most important thing is it has to start with yourself because you can't yeah. make anybody else do anything. You can't control that. That's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned recently, as hard as that is, it has yeah. to start with you. And until you start to have that kind of intentionality around your own money situation and your own, you know, the way that you view it, then no change is actually going to happen. Right. So um, what's the phrase? Nothing changes if nothing changes. Right. So it has to start with you bottom line. Yes. So as we start to wrap up, I would love to have you tell everybody about how they can find you and how they can follow the work that you're doing and Again, feel free to promote and share everything that you have going on. Yeah, so I've got a few courses. Uh, right now we're running seven weeks to financial freedom. So really just a little bit of a basic on all the different topics um, with a group community. So you can, again, have that support uh, with others. And um, yeah, my website is investorsmarts.ca. Uh, and I'm all over social media. So we've got a group online again through Facebook, if you want to join that, uh, and you can follow me on Facebook or Instagram, lots of information out there. So feel free to connect. Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been such a great conversation. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. It's been great chatting.